Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us for AWR 360 Health Live. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Allen. It's great to be with you today and uh, to be able to have another one of these programs. We've had some really good programs the last few weeks, and I wanted to remind you that if you have missed any of them, you can go to our YouTube page or our Facebook page and find them there. Uh, last week's was especially interesting called Doctor in the Kitchen. Um, the week before that, we had hydrothermal therapy and the benefits of that. And then before that, we also have one on how what we eat affects our immunity. And so if you've missed any of those, you can check those out on our YouTube or Facebook. We'd be happy to um, have you do that. And guys, you know, this is a very challenging time that we're all in with this uh, coronavirus situation. And we know a lot of there's still a lot of fear out there. A lot of uh, people are uncertain about life in the future. But we, want, we hope that these broadcasts can give you some hope, some encouragement, and some practical ways that you can boost your immunity, that you can live healthier and happier um, so that you can have a better life. I want to thank our wonderful director, Dr. Leela Lewis, who is with us again, coming live from Phoenix, Arizona, where it's always sunny. Dr. Leela, good to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you too, Pastor Kyle. It's not always sunny here, but we do okay. get the fair share of sunny. You get a fair share of sunshine. And Dr. Leela, before we go on, just wanted to ask you, last night something very exciting happened as well, right? That's right. We had part two of our medical symposium. For those of you who didn't get a chance to attend, we are offering continuing medical education credits completely for free, category one credits, two hours on Sunday nights and one hour on the program that you're on right now. So if you haven't yet registered, make sure you go to awr.org forward slash health, fill out the registration, and you can earn up to 12 hours of free CME credits. That's really, really wonderful. So uh, those are also on YouTube. They can watch the, um, the ones from previously as well, and they're very, very, very interesting. So today's program, Dr. Leela, an exciting program yes. today. Lots of good information coming up. The title of today's program is... City living with country benefits. Well, Paxter Kyle, I mean, you just brought up last night. So today is basically the practical application for the medical symposium done Sunday night. So that's that's where we're going. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that. Before we before we do get into today's today's program, I want to have a word of prayer to open up this uh, this time together. And uh, we also actually before I have prayer, I want to introduce our other guest, uh, Dr. Angie Brower. Dr. Angie, good to see you. Thank you, Pastor Kyle and Dr. Leela. It's good to be here with you both. Angie is coming to us live from Silver Spring, Maryland. And uh, Angie is the health director for the North American Division of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, Dr. Brower, great to have you with us uh, today as well. Looking forward to, to the time together. Um, friends, before we begin our, our program, just want to bow our heads for a word of prayer and ask God to be with us and bless us during this hour. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to get together today to talk about health and how we can boost our own health so that we can be a blessing to others. We ask your blessing on today's broadcast and uh, be with us as we open your word, as we also look at the science behind how to um, live healthier as we, as, we, as we go through this time. We thank you and continue, Lord, to be with all those who are struggling uh, on the front lines of this battle with the coronavirus, and we pray that you would give them strength and keep them safe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Dr. Leela, um, before we get to today's topic at hand, I just want to remind everyone of this verse, which we often talk about. It's a verse from Matthew chapter 11 and verse 23. Um, oh, no, I got the wrong one. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. The Bible says, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We've talked a lot about, do you want rest from all the struggles of life, all the, the things that we battle in this world? And you have a, a really good acronym that not only teaches us how to have rest in the physical sense, but also spiritually, it's want rest, W-A-N-T-R-E-S-T. Can you just, can we do a quick review of that and what that means and how it relates to our health program? Well, you know, I think it's really interesting that the principles that we're talking about, Jesus actually gave us in the Garden of Eden, all the way back at the beginning of time, these principles of so simple, fresh water, extra water every day. We talked about hydrothermal therapy and the external benefits of water. 
fresh air, A for air, we're going to talk about today. N for nutrition, we discussed that last week and a couple weeks before that. And the powerful antioxidant effects that proper nutrition plays. Temperance, or to use moderately things that are good for us and avoid those things that are harmful for us. Rest, of course, sleep. The benefits of seven hours of sleep are tremendous. And we're going to be going into that later on as well. Exercise, that's next week's topic as, um, in addition to temperance. So we're going to be looking forward to that. Sunshine, we'll be talking about that today and the effects that antioxidants are and the body's immune system has specifically with the ultraviolet radiation. And then of course, the foundational principle of all of them, trusting in God or trust in divine power. So each one of these definitely, I believe, plays a role as far as our overall health is concerned, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But also, I believe we've begun to investigate the relationship that it has with COVID-19 and boosting our immune system. And I think we've been surprised to see the benefits overall. So I wow. guess that would be our introduction to want rest. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, Dr. Leela, could we just do a quick, I know a lot of people were on last week and some people had some questions about the topic from last week, which um, was doctor in the kitchen. I actually really enjoyed last week's program because all week I've been thinking, man, I need to get more garlic in my diet. I need to get more ginger. I need to get that Allison that you talked about. Did you cook this week is what I want to know. That's my question for you. You know, <laughs> you put me on the spot. That's um, okay. That's I did okay. make a peanut butter sandwich and I did make a waffle. Okay. So well, um, I know that didn't have any garlic in it, but I did do a couple of those things. Well, Thankfully, let's I'm talk with about a garlic. Let's, let's, All right, let's talk, talk about, about garlic. garlic very briefly here. So garlic has Allison and you remember that term. You enjoyed saying that name. Uh, Allison, <laughs> Allison is also in other, other, um, natural foods as well, such as onions and those kinds of things. But garlic is a tremendous, tremendous antioxidant. It actually has antiviral, antimicrobial, and antibacterial properties. So it, and that the research really is uh, very exciting as far as Allison is concerned. We also looked at things such as lemon juice, vitamin C. You know, there's a lot of ideas out there as far as supplements with vitamin C. Well, God's given us oranges and lemons and, and even concentrated lemon juice. You know, you can practically speaking, we've seen this. Um, one way to really boost your vitamin C, if you want, is if you're starting to feel a little bit of a scratchy throat. It doesn't necessarily sound to the first thought that it's the best thing in the world, but it actually works very well. Take some concentrated lemon juice, dilute it down by one third. I would say one third lemon juice, two thirds warm water. Some people like just a little bit of honey with that. I prefer just a little bit of salt because I tend to have a saltier taste to taste buds. And um, drink that two to three times a day. And you will notice your, your sore throat, uh, for the most part, uh, will improve. And I've, I've seen that anecdotally, both in the treatments of my children, but also, again, as vitamin C supplements. So that's just one way that you can kind of boost your immune system just as a review from last week. Thank you very much. And uh, we also talked about ginger. I remember hearing about ginger also as a, as a powerful immuno booster food. Is that right? That's right. And they make a lot of uh, ginger lemon teas. Um, you can use those. You can actually get the ginger root itself. I wouldn't just go chomping down on it just because it doesn't necessarily have the Tastes most. So good. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as far as uh, garlic, coming back to garlic, one way to, to really increase your garlic consumption, because a lot of people just don't really want to chomp down on garlic cloves, albeit I do sometimes, but one of the better way to do it is take a garlic press, uh, press your garlic cloves, add a little bit of olive oil, maybe a little bit of, of salt again, just a little bit, put it on a piece of bread and, and actually it, it's very palatable. You can add it to your pastas and all kinds of different things. Now, you know, that's very interesting because that sounds, that sounds actually um, easy enough that I could do that put crushed I, garlic on toast. I, I think I think you could, Pastor Kyle. I have faith in <laughs> okay, you. Okay, so just just remember everyone though, if you are eating a lot of garlic, you are that does help with your social distancing measures. So I just make sure you keep that in mind. Um, well this is very very good information, Dr. Lou. I know you also talked about berries and things that we can eat that will help our um, immune immune system as Those well, right? Antioxidants, that's correct. But again I would just reference people to go back to the original show, watch it, review it. And actually by watching it, you can get your CME credits. 
too. That's awesome. So um, thank you so much, Dr. Leela. And just want to remind everybody that as we go through the program today, feel free to send in your questions because we are going to have a Q&A at the end of today's broadcast. And so we want to take your questions and answer them live right here on the show. So make sure you're sending those in as we go through the program today. Dr. Leela, uh, I think we should jump right into today's topic with Dr. Brower. And um, I'm excited to see what, uh, what we study today. Wonderful. Well, before we get started, we wanted to show you a picture on your screen. It's actually a picture from, we've made a lot of comparisons in our symposium between the 1918 pandemic and our current COVID-19 pandemic. Now, this is from the National Archives. It's actually a picture demonstrating what some of our institutions at the time sometimes referred to as sanitariums and other locations that tended to be a little bit more I guess I dare say progressive as opposed to some of the army camps. You can see that the patients are actually outside in the sunshine. They actually made recommendations that all nursing staff and providers, you see they actually have most of them, except for the lady in the front, have their masks on continuously. So they were using uh, more up-to-date modern uh, approaches, if you will. And their mortality and uh, relationship as far as the number of cases was significantly significantly less than the local nearby army hospitals. So today we want to further explore in a practical sense, some of the principles that were utilized there in the 1918 pandemic, as we did with the symposium last night, but we really wanna bring it home. We wanna make it practical. So by the end of today's presentation, you feel like, yeah, maybe you got a little touch of the science, but we also were able, able to make it practical, particularly for those of you who are in an urban setting who really would like to get more of a rural effect. Pastor Kyle. Yes, I'm excited about this, this topic today. So um, if you guys are living in the city, this is for you. Um, because you can also take advantage of what it's like to be in the country. Even though you're, you may not live in that area, there are things we can do to take advantage of those benefits. Right, Dr. Leela, Dr. Brower? That's right. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? It's, it's not optimal for, for some aspects of our health to live in a city. Although, you know, we can say that in a city, you may tend to have access to health care a little bit more. We know in rural areas, they have less access to health care. And in times of pandemic, it's kind of nice to be close by to a specialist, but it's not always possible. Um, but, but there are certainly health problems living in a city, but also living in rural areas. So really, it's about wherever you are, wherever God has placed you, how can you you just improve your chances for having good health. That's that's a really good point. Thank you, Dr. Brower. You know, Pastor Kyle, I wanted to bring up, and Dr. Brower, I wanted to bring up a couple things. You know, we've been talking about every week a little bit about physiology or how the body normally works. And we talked about if we can understand that, it's, it's kind of in one way sort of a key to help us to be in some ways disease-free. If we know what causes disease, if we do, if we avoid those things and we benefit the things that actually improve our immune system, it helps our body overall and so decreases our risk of disease in, in, a, in a large sense. So how the body normally works is in this sense, in our relationship to virology or viruses as we're dealing with COVID-19, we have what we call innate immunity, which is kind of like the cells that just have no specific they don't, they don't recognize, oh yes, this is a, a specific disease um, element. It's more of a general sense. And some of those cells that we're specifically targeting or looking at today in relation to COVID-19 are the monocytes and the natural killer cells. And as you'll remember in our symposium for the last couple events, we've noticed that the monocytes and particularly the natural killer cells are directly affected in the early phases, decreased actually, in the early phases of this viral syndrome related to COVID-19. So my question is, what can we do to boost those monocytes and natural killer cells? And I see Pastor Kyle and he has a practical question for us. I know he does. No. 
Well, I just was, I just, I know there's somebody that might be watching that's, you know, they're like me, they're not that scientific. And when you start talking about monocytes and natural killer cells, uh, so can you just, what are these little things? Are these little like army guys in our body that go around and, 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 you know, shoot the bad guys? I mean, or, or eat them? Is that what they're doing basically? Yeah. The inside me right now? Yeah. Inside you right now, you've got phagocytes that are just going around and eating up the bad phagocytes. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> wow. They're not specific. We don't need to get into all those terminologies today. Just suffice it to say, for our non-scientific viewers, uh, we have specific elements that God has created that are innate that actually happen. You know, for example, the baby, the, the, the fetus in the mother's womb. Has that fetus been exposed to bacteria? Hopefully not. Uh, and, and other viruses while in utero. Well, not very likely, right? Hopefully not. And so the body, God made the body to have innate immunity, if you will, things that it hasn't yet learned. It's going to just have it naturally. And some of those are the monocytes and the natural killer cells. And those two in particular are affected negatively. They're decreased as the COVID-19 virus affects the individual. So COVID-19 actually stops or diminishes uh, the body's ability to um, keep up its immune system with the monocytes and the natural killer cells. But let's go on and talk about um, what Dr. things. Rila? Yes, sir. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just had to share a verse that came to my mind as you're sharing. You know, it's so incredible, isn't it? The way God designed our bodies to fight off infection. Uh, it's God is an amazing creator. And I just this verse came to my mind. And the Bible says in Psalms 139, verse 13, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are all your works. Isn't that, it's just so powerful when you think about the fact that God as a creator gave us these, these bodies that are able to fight off infection. And he's given us tools now to help increase our ability to fight off those infections. Yeah, that's amazing. And he knew us. He knew us before we were actually born. Isn't that, it, that, to, that to me is very exciting as well. Yes, so yes. we have nothing to fear, right? We know yeah. that God is always with us. So um, some of the things coming back to our two topics for today that, that we want to get to is specifically sunshine and fresh air. Now, Dr. Brower, um, obviously the sunlight helps us as far as improving you know there's certain things that we learned yesterday in our presentation that vitamin d in vitamin d deficient patients they have and it looks like the early research appears to look as though um it it could affect negatively uh, the ability for the body to actually fight off covid19 so one of the studies looked at the relationship of actually supplementing patients with vitamin d particularly if their vitamin d was less than 25. Um, so one thing that came out yesterday, Dr. Brower, what would we say? Should patients go out and get tested? Should they get their vitamin D tested, particularly if they live in higher latitude locations? You know, I, I really do recommend vitamin D testing for just about everyone. We know that a large portion of the population is at a level that's lower than than we think is ideal. I've seen some um, some surveys say that 50% of the population does not have enough vitamin D. And we're also seeing that vitamin D is related to a lot of health problems. Vitamin D is actually a hormone in our bodies. That means it has a lot of responsibilities. It, it makes a lot of things work. Um, and so when our vitamin D levels are too low, it really can put us um, at danger for some serious health problems. And as we're seeing potentially these infectious diseases and suppressing our immune system. Um, so it really is important. I do recommend um, that individuals talk to their physician and ask them, do I need to have my vitamin D checked? Um, and and go go with their, their guidance of their physician. That's Excellent. So, Dr. Leela, I wanted to ask you a very, I'm going to ask you right now a practical question because I actually picked this up the other week. Again, we don't endorse any products on this program. We don't have any sponsors or benefits, but I did pick this up because you said vitamin D was important. A little vitamin D and uh, <laughs> just spray it into some water and drink it in the morning. Is that okay? 
what, how many, I mean, what, what does it say its units are? <laughs> right. There are it's, a lot of uh, questions to ask. <laughs> it's vitamin D3 and it's a thousand IU and it's vanilla flavored. Vanilla flavored. Wow. You have even got vanilla flavored. That, well, you know, <laughs> uh, this, this study that they were looking at last night um, showed a, a significant, actually, I was actually very surprised as far as the decreased uh, amount um, that they were showing as far as beneficial. It's not beneficial to, oh my goodness, I'm getting a sore throat. I'm getting a cough. I'm going to go take, you know, 10,000 international units of vitamin D. Um, the studies show that that is, it's not a treatment once you're already symptomatic. It's more as a prophylaxis for boosting your overall immune system. And that's actually brings us to the practical application of why we need sunlight. Um, sunlight actually causes um, our body to transform um, and actually create vitamin D uh, in, in ourselves. So getting sunlight every day is very, very beneficial. So I, I, that would be my overall recommendation to you, Pastor Kyle. And I don't know about your vanilla flavored vitamin D3, um, but and if I can, If I can add, you know, we also have to be careful because it's possible to have vitamin D toxicity as well. If we're getting too much vitamin D, that could cause another host of health problems. So we need to find out, again, know your numbers is a really good principle to have. Know what your levels are. Do you really need supplementation? Are you at an okay level? Um, and then, you know, usually they recommend no more than 4,000 IUs a day. Um, and again, it's best that you go by your physician's recommendations here. We're not giving you medical advice to replace your physician, but um, but you want to make sure you're not getting too much of it either. Thank you, Dr. Brower. Now, I will say you guys are, well, you guys are both doctors, so I appreciate that both physicians. So 1,000 IU, I'm under the limit. That's good. Um, but, I, I just want to ask a question, though, uh, Dr. Dr. Angie, because, you know, you said go get checked. But right now, everybody's at home. They can't really get checked. And no one's really going to the doctor except if they've got coronavirus. So what would you recommend? Should they just not take vitamin D now? Or should we just, how should they deal with if, that? Sorry, go ahead, Dr. Angie. Well, and I think this takes us back to the, the question um, of, well, what, what are, where can we get our vitamin D from? We can still take that proactive and, and have our vitamin D intake. Um, now, we can get some vitamin D from foods, but not a lot of foods have vitamin D naturally. Um, it's really fatty fish is where you can get, um, you know, some source of vitamin D. But we know there for vegetarians, obviously, that's not going to work. A lot of fortified foods also have vitamin D, like cereals um, have vitamin D. You have to check the labels, look at the nutrition labels, but really take us back to that sunshine. Uh, sunshine is a great source of getting vitamin D as well. I'm excited. She just said cereal, and that's one of my favorite foods. Thank you so much, Angie, for endorsing cereal on this broadcast. Um, just read the labels. I want, I want to go back to the sunlight. The, the okay, let's go to sunlight. Amen. <laughs> let's, let's get back to, you know, Dr. Dr. Sunlight, if you will. Um, you know... UV light, ultraviolet radiation, it comes in uh, various wavelengths. Um, we have UVA, UVB, and UVC. Uh, UVA can cause systemic sunburn. UVB is what they usually associate as far as skin cancer is concerned. And UVC usually doesn't actually reach into um, our, actually reaches because we have the, the stratosphere. The problem is UVC is very, very, very um, damaging to the body. And they've known for a long time, for some time, I should say, that, but it also is very, um, it purifies very quickly. And so they've been, hospital has, hospitals have been using it to kind of like as a treat, kind of like as a, a purification, like after a surgical procedure is over, they'll have a, a UVC uh, machine that comes in and just kind of cleans out the place just with its um, ultraviolet radiation. But again, people can't be in there. You've got to, you know, shield your eyes. It can, it can really hurt you. However, there's some new research to show that, again, for those individuals, particularly like the hospitalized patient, and we're coming back to the, um, the patient that uh, can't necessarily get outside, um, they're actually showing that something called far UVC 
seems to have a direct role as far as denaturing the virus, denaturing COVID-19 specifically. And so they have a number of research studies that are going on right now uh, to quickly look at far UVC actually as a treatment, if you will, to getting rid of the aerosolized virus in the air. So coughing, sneezing, et cetera, it's in the air for an, a period of time. And far UVC seems to very quickly um, denature it or kill it, if you wow. will, changes its DNA. And that's, that's if you think about ultraviolet radiation, though, that's what's happening in our skin in, in some degrees. When we end up with skin cancer, God forbid we do, but when people end up with skin cancer, uh, what's happening is the DNA is actually being mutated by the ultraviolet radiation. And so that similar effect is happening with the viruses as well. So again, getting outside, you want to make it really practical and really inexpensive because far UVC is not necessarily on the market yet. If you really want to get those ultraviolet rays and denature the viruses, the answer is get out in the sunshine every day. Really, truly get out in the sunshine. Okay, guys, I have to jump in here and ask a question. Dr. Leela, Dr. Angie, you're telling me to get out in the sunshine to get my vitamin D, right? To get some sunshine on my skin. You just mentioned skin cancer, and a lot of people wonder, I even wonder, how much sun is too much? Like, so how do I know how much sun is okay? Do I need to wear sunscreen all the time? I also read something this week saying that the number one cause of aging in the skin, I know ladies are always thinking about that, guys not so much, but um, anyway, is sunlight exposure. Um, So how do we know how much to get? Well, you know, it really doesn't take a lot of time in the sun to get enough vitamin D. Um, It does depend on the time of year, on the color of your skin. Uh, There's a compound called melanin in your skin, which determines how light or dark your skin is. Individuals with darker skin do need a little bit more time. If you have lighter skin, less time out in the sun to get that vitamin D. But really, we're seeing anywhere from five to 15 minutes of time in the sun, maybe even 30 minutes if your skin is much darker, um, is enough. And and we're even seeing maybe even twice a week. Now, I, I recommend getting out in the sun, you know, at least every day because it has other, sunshine has other benefits as well, uh, such as improved mood and serotonin and things like that. But when it comes to vitamin D, twice a week for five to 15, maybe 30 minutes, um, it really isn't much. Now, when it comes to sunscreen, it actually is advisable to use sunscreen. And yes, sunscreen can block the UVB to uh, converting into vitamin D in, in your skin. But really, most people don't use sunscreen the right way. <laughs> unfortunately. And so they still get the vitamin D. Um, But I do recommend good use of sunscreen, especially if you're out there for more than 30 minutes. Wait, so how do you use sunscreen the right right way is the the question that came to my mind. Well, you know, you need to apply it um, periodically. You can't just, if you're going to be out in the sun for an hour or two hours, you you need to actually reapply um, every, every so often. Um, and, you and you know, some people don't really spread it on evenly or enough to cover their skin. Or, or if you're at the beach and you get jump into the water, you know, beaches are opening up now um, in some states. So you still have to reapply. So, so there are some good uses of sunscreen, too. But I, I do recommend sunscreen. Um, and again, it doesn't take very long to get that vitamin D. We have a question that's come in just now. Sorry, Dr. Leela, just a question really quick. It says someone's asking, what if you're allergic to sunscreen? I am allergic to sunscreen. What, how do we help that person? Well, that's a good question. Um, obviously, you're not going to want to end up with an allergic reaction. So there's other ways that you can. Again, you still want to get your, your, the best way is to try to get your hands exposed and a little bit of your um, a little bit of your lower uh, lower and upper extremities. But one other way is to wear hats, uh, clothing. I mean, if you have an allergic reaction to uh, sunscreen, that would be one way to, to minimize it. But again, we're going to talk in just a few minutes. We want to get to fresh air. So it's not just the sunshine that you still want to be able to get outside and, and get some benefits. There is another thing that I wanted to bring up, and you and Dr. Angie brought this up, that some of our 
our beaches are opening up. Well, what's really exciting is the new research is showing that a combination of heat and humidity, heat and humidity mm. combined, significantly denatures in a very quick setting the virus, COVID-19. In fact, what the studies show, and again, I would refer everyone back to yesterday's presentation, was that Dr. Schwelt pointed out that temperatures as low as 95 degrees Fahrenheit and humidity anywhere between 40% and above significantly, significantly denature COVID. And so some of our, I know some of our beaches, like Dr. Angela mentioned, are opening up. Well, I, we're referring actually to uh, the ones in Florida, they have a tendency to have higher humidity there with the heat. So um, as long as we're not conglomerating together in big groups of people, um, being out in nature actually is beneficial, um, not just to uh, boosting our overall well-being. We talked about yesterday the well-being as far as mental health is concerned, but actually seems to be showing that uh, denatures the virus as well. Dr. Leela, can I ask you a question about the humidity point um in terms of in our houses is it would you advise us to use a humidifier would that be a, a, something that would help in the house to 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 combat the spread of covid-19 yeah we talked about that a couple time i think it was 2 weeks ago as well as far as in the hydrothermal therapy section heated air again you have to be careful everything's got to be Everything's got to be in moderation, right? I mean, if you go put your face right in front of a humidifier, you have to remember that's hot steam. Right. <laughs> right? I've done so that and you, I've burned myself, guys. Don't, yeah, you, don't can, try you, can, you can burn yourself. <laughs> I have burned so, myself. Um, so you have to be, we, we have to be wise. We have to be judicious. But yes, it does appear that humidity, heat and humidity do denature the virus. So by all means that that's one of the reasons why hydrothermal therapy is beneficial because wet heat does seem to work better than dry heat by the way i just want to say i've been doing those hot and cold showers you guys and it is invigorating if you really want to feel good in the morning do that five minute one minute three minute one minute three minute one minute routine you remember what we talked about a couple weeks ago dr leela five it one is, three one three one yeah Guys, it's it's so good. So try it if you haven't. It'll boost your immunity, and it'll also give you a pep in your step as you go throughout your day. So, so I, I have a question for Dr. Angie. Um, yes. She had some really good presentations last night on what do you do if you are in the city and you know you can't get out to we, – we talked about – we haven't yet talked about fresh air, but I'll just mention this real quick. You know, the study that we saw yesterday was – two hours of walking in the forest significantly increase those natural killer cells, that innate immunity. What can you do if you live in a large city and you don't have access to trees and nature and for you to go outside, it might be that you're with, you know, you know, more people and more exposure. What, what are some opportunities for, for those individuals? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, we've seen in, in the research, they have been, the researchers have known for a long time that being out in nature has has a lot of health benefits. So a number of researchers have looked at, well, what about if we bring nature indoors, if we have plants? Now, what about the difference between real plants and fake plants? Well, what about pictures of plants and pictures of landscapes? Um, and there's been quite a number of research done on this. They've looked at various age groups, uh, they, there was one study that looked at children who were exercising and what was the difference if they were watching a video of outdoor landscapes while they were exercising? And what are all of the health benefits that they might be getting? The, through a number of research, uh, published research, what we've seen is that bringing plants in the house, so having plants around you in your room um, can give you health benefits. There are things like lowering blood pressure, lowering your heart rate, and also giving you a better, better frontal cortex, that's that front part of your brain, um, better activity there as well. Uh, they, so looking at pictures of plants, landscapes, uh, pictures of forests, there are health benefits even just by looking at pictures. And you know, you can find online just beautiful scenery 
now. So you can even just, you know, watch them online rather than there are a lot of people stuck at home and rather than getting caught up in a lot of videos or movies that maybe not be, maybe are not as um, health promoting, maybe watching videos of beautiful landscapes. There are a lot of great videos that you can find out there. So looking at pictures, bringing in potted plants, um, and, and even some studies have looked at, well, what if I just have wood floors? <laughs> Believe it or not, just having wood flooring has, uh, has had some health benefits too. Now that's not to say you need to rip out all of your wood flooring right now. That's not what I'm recommending. But really the whole concept is that bringing in natural elements into the environment where you are. We've even seen in hospitalized patients, uh, there was uh, one research study where patients after a surgery they were put into a room with several plants in the room. And by the way, they used um, sterile soil, which I had not heard about before, because it's a sterile hospital environment, right? They need that um, right after surgery. And those patients who were in a room with surgery, actually, uh, or after surgery, in a room with plants, did better hmm. than patients who did not have plants in their room. So wow. we're seeing that this this really could be a useful alternative. Again, it's it's not the ideal. The ideal is that you're out there in nature, that you're able to walk through um, a, a peaceful forest, that you're able to see the birds, hear the birds, and see the flowers, um, smell you know the the fresh air. But we can bring in some of that um, when when it's not possible to do that safely. And, this, and especially during a time of a pandemic, you know, safety um, is still our top priority. And, you know, that leads me, Pastor Kyle and Dr. Angie, you know, that leads me to another study that was actually looking at hospitalized patients again, and the relationship just of having a window, just having a window that was able to be open, they could see the sunlight, they could see outside, see the trees, Postoperatively, those patients had significantly decreased both wound infections, overall health, of course, mental well-being as well. So I think we're seeing something very interesting. And as we kind of flip back to that picture that we showed a little while ago of 1918 pandemic, you know, whatever we can get as close of an environment that we can get to enabling those who are more in a hospitalized setting to actually still be able, although they can't necessarily go outside in many cases, still be able to get the benefits of the outside environment of ultraviolet radiation and fresh air still in their, in their setting that they're in. Now, there is one other thing that I've taught people for years, uh, particularly those of us who live in the more heated states. I live in Arizona. So in the summertime, we can get, you know, 115 degree temperatures in June. One and people say, well, how am I supposed to get fresh air and sunshine? You know, every room in the house, you know, we really would like to one of the pollutants that we actually get in our homes is called dioxin. And dioxin can cause things like diabetes and different things It increases the risk of diabetes and those kinds of things. And so I recommend that we need to get the dioxin out and get the fresh air and sunshine in. And people say, well, how can you do that? In 115 degree weather, it's too hot. Well, one of the ways that you can do it is make sure in the early morning hours, um, open your windows. Open your windows in the very early morning hours before you're at the peak of the day. You can get your fresh air, your sunshine in the room um, and, and get the benefits, again, of trying to get a little bit of the benefit of the outside while we're still on the inside or in those places we can't necessarily be outside um, in rural settings. So can I ask you a question on that, Dr. Leela? Um, in regards to the window thing, I love opening my windows in my house here. It's just, it's, I love it. But some people wonder, you know, especially you come into spring allergy season, you've got the, the pollen out there. Are you suggesting that we open our windows? Is that so? That's 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 a good thing to do. I would. Um, I would then, as long ahead. as you don't. It's not as long as you don't have like an asthmatic attack and those kind. Again, okay. all things in moderation, right? And um, we we could. Uh, carrots are very beneficial for us, correct? I mean, vitamin A. They they have wonderful benefits. But if I go on a carrot 
drink only, um, I'm probably not going to have the most well-rounded diet that I need. And the same thing goes for any aspect of health, right? Any one of these eight principles, if I take in excess, then I'm not being in that word temperance or moderate, right? Of, of a good thing. You can take a good thing and go too far and make it a bad thing. So, um, so I think we need to keep that in mind. But in, in essence, in answer to your question, yes, as long as there's not some real reason to, uh, have us not open our windows. And again, that would be in a very select population group. And that would be something that you would just want to talk to your doctor about specifically. Yes, we should open our windows, get fresh air and sunshine as far as possible every day. Is it, and, is it good to have them? Oh, sorry, Dr. Angie, you can go ahead. I, I just wanted to add to that. Um, you know, what we're doing here is we're giving the principles, right? Okay. We're sharing with you the broad principles of why these are effective and why they work. But we know that there are, as Dr. Leela said, certain populations where, you know, if you're going to have an asthma attack, please don't do that. Um, because your safety is primary, you can still get sunshine uh, benefits, you know, in other ways. You know, sometimes when it might be a cold day outside, what about just sticking your hand outside the window if you can for a few minutes or standing by the open door um, and just letting the sun uh, hit you? Now, for, for vitamin D, you have to get sunshine. Um, you can't get it through the glass. So you do need to have that direct contact. But, you know, you definitely want to adjust uh, for your particular case, your particular situation. And this is where your, your personal doctor, um, healthcare provider really comes in very handy. Thank you for that point. And so I just want to just to mention that because I think we don't I don't think we mentioned that a minute ago. So for vitamin D. If I'm sitting by the window and soaking in the sun through the window, that's not the same as if I actually go out outside. That's right. That's correct. Okay, that's a good point because I think sometimes I've I've thought you need to have direct. No, you need to have direct access of the sun, the ultraviolet radiation on the skin itself, converting the the hormones to. There's multiple different steps in the process of production of vitamin D. Okay. Okay. Um, one question I have for you ladies, uh, for let's say at night, I know there's sometimes people have said, oh, you don't want to breathe the night air or something like that. Is there a benefit to opening your windows at night when you sleep? Yes, there is. Um, and that's related to dioxin. Um, so dioxin is a uh, chemical combustion product that's given off when we burn plastic. That's why we shouldn't burn plastic. One of the reasons we shouldn't burn plastic, it's carcinogenic, but it also, like I said, it can cause um, what's called insulin resistance, diabetes, high blood pressure, those kinds of things. Um, but one of the times that it is at its lowest times is in the late evening and in the early morning. And that's one of the reasons why we talked about early morning uh, fresh air and, and getting the fresh air in your in your homes, but that that would be probably one reason why you've heard that before. Awesome. Well, this has been very interesting information, Dr. Leela. Something you wanted to add? Oh, I think we have some questions. Yes. I'm looking forward to getting this. We do. We've had some questions coming in, and uh, so let's go to our first question. Thank you so much, everyone that's been submitting. You can still submit questions, by the way, even now. Um, first question is this. If someone has symptoms like a cough and a sneeze, do you recommend steam inhalation? Well, I, I think that, again, <laughs> I say everything that we need to be very moderate and we need to be careful of what we're saying. So are you going to put your face right over a boiling pot of water and get steam and burn your face? The answer would be that's probably not a very wise decision because... We don't really want facial burns. However, however, there, as we already stated, not just COVID-19, but viruses across the board, it appears at this point, are negatively affected by humidity and heat, and particular COVID-19. So heat and humidity, and that would be steam would be one way of doing that. Another way would be the ways that we've been talking about as far as hydrothermal therapy, directly applied through a, a covered wet, warm towel covered by a dry towel. The old word some people use was fomentation. We use hydrothermal therapy. Again, that's one of the reasons because you are eliciting um, a heated, humidified environment. So in answer to the question, yes, but again, please use moderate precautions. 
Great question. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Bible Flockbox, uh, who's a YouTuber, thank you so much for watching us and uh, for commenting and the questions here. How often should we air out our house, like during the morning and evening or more than that? So really, you know, at least once a day is is what uh, is ideal. Now, it's going to depend on your specific living situation as well. If we're talking about urban populations where there's a lot of pollution around um, or, or factories nearby that might be uh, putting off, you know, fumes and so forth, then you certainly want to be careful. Um, and maybe that's not the best way for you to get fresh air. Um, maybe bringing in uh, plants into your home is, is how you can help purify your, your air. In general, once a day, now morning and evening, I think is a great um, way to do it. Make sure you have cross ventilation, though that you have a window open on one side and on the other side. So the air is actually going all the way through. That's a great question. Thank you so much. Um, before we get to that next question there, I just want to follow up on that to say that, you know, if you open your windows, it's good to have screens because, you know, those little little mosquito guys, they start coming in this time of year. And I know that um, the people I've been staying with sometimes open the windows, mosquitoes come in, then I get in trouble. So you just got to make sure that you put the screens on, keep the mosquitoes out, and get your fresh air. Just a side note. All right. Uh, next question. Is the morning sunlight better than the afternoon in terms of vitamin D? Very good question. So when it comes to the vitamin D conversion and what your skin really needs uh, for from the sun, it's between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., that's the ideal time for that skin conversion to happen if you're using that five minutes to 30 minutes time frame. And the benefits of early morning sunlight actually have a lot to do with melatonin production. So uh, melatonin has significant uh, effects on our overall health. We'll be talking about that in future shows specifically regarding sleep. But everything from physical health to emotional health. So again, early morning sunlight really does help set your circadian rhythm, your clock, if you will, of your body, and it increases your melatonin production. Can I ask a practical question on that, Dr. Leela? Uh, mm -hmm. This is a, for me, like I, I tend to sleep with dark blackout curtains, but then sometimes I don't get that sunlight coming in to wake me up. Anyway, is there, is there a, is that recommended or should I not have blackout curtains? No, I actually, to sleep in a very, very dark environment actually does benefit your melatonin production. Again, between okay. 10, 10 p.m. and about 2 to 3 a.m. is the peak time. So you really do want to be getting those early to bed, early to rise hours. Um, but again, early to rise helps you, again, set that circadian rhythm. So you're getting that early morning sunshine. And, and um, But again, this is a topic for our discussion on sleep, which is Dr. Sleep is coming up. I'm going to be very, well... Yes, I'm looking forward to that one. I feel convicted already. So, so let's go ahead and get our next question. Have had open heart surgery and I'm a type 1 diabetic. Hot, cold showers caused a problem. Is the hot and cold safe with my medical conditions? That, that is another one of those situations where specifically there are certain populations that I, I'm an obstetrician gynecologist and I it would not be wise for pregnant patients to go put themselves in a hot, hot sauna or in a jacuzzi, okay? Um, the same thing goes with cardiac patients or heart patients uh, that have a tendency towards arrhythmias or irregular heart rates. Um, that is something that you're gonna wanna talk to your doctor about specifically. There, there, and again, that the, num the, the risks associated with hydrothermal therapy are very low, but in those populations, you need to be careful. And so, again, I would recommend that you follow up with your physician about that. And one of the cautions okay. when it comes to diabetes is the, the loss of sensation in our feet and in our fingers, in our extremities. And if we're, we're not able to sense when that water is too hot, that could cause a burn risk. And so we Absolutely. really want to be very cautious about that. Absolutely. Okay. We have a question here also from uh, Bible Flock Box. Once again, thank you for your question. My four-year-old daughter has atopic skin inflammation, a.k.a. eczema. Her inflammations are pretty bad, and steroid cream is the best treatment so far. 
are there any good natural remedies? Okay, interesting question. Well, that that's a very good question. Um, you kind of your daughter has what I would describe more as a hyperimmune state. Okay, so it's autoimmune. Autoimmune is basically where your immune system is attacking itself. Um, and there's lots of different situations like that. Um, asthma is one, lupus. Um, there's a lot of different scenarios. So um, as far as, you know, natural remedies are concerned, the studies that we're actually seeing, and I, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, one of the things that happens in uh, COVID-19 specifically, so the coronavirus, in the latter stages, we've, we've talked about this a few times, but the cytokine storm, right? Oh, yeah, I remember you talking yes, about that. That's yes. the yeah, cytokine yes. storm. You know that yeah. one. So at the very end, it's it's basically where the immune system goes, woof, you know, it's just in like hyper mode. And it's actually attacking its its own cells. So so and that's where you get the damage to the to the little uh, alveoli, the, the lower parts of the lungs and those kinds of things. So there was some research and we don't have an absolute clear answer here, but I'm just trying to give you an idea. Um, there and again, there's not a lot of research on on hydrothermal therapy, which is another reason that we've been advocating for people to join the, the path, if you will. But there is some research to show that hydrothermal therapy actually decreases cytokine storms. So, in answer to your question about your daughter with eczema and the relationship with some of these autoimmune diseases, um, one of our doctors actually answered this last night as well. Um, I, I would not um, avoid doing hydrothermal therapy. On a child, you do it much less intense. Um, I okay. have little children as well. So um, I will do foot baths on my little ones and they actually enjoy it now, but we'll do two minutes, 30 seconds, two minutes, 30 seconds. And your temperatures, you gotta watch those temperatures, mommies and daddies, put your hand in there and make sure and let the baby put their hand in there. And, you know, not baby, but the child. But again, two yeah. and thirty seconds, and that's one way that you can you can um, uh, approach your your eczema situation. Thank you so much. Um, that's very very helpful. Okay, another question that has come in: How can we overcome? I know a lot of people are stuck in their homes right now. Can we talk about practical ways to help people know how to get outside, get that fresh air, get that sunlight? How can we overcome the barriers to that outdoor physical activity uh, that we're experiencing right now? That's a really great question uh, to make this practical for, for everybody, hopefully. Um, I think, you know, first thing to remember is make sure you're keeping that social distancing right, and which really we should call it physical distancing. Are you able to stay that six feet apart from people that you don't live with? And you can stay, walk close to the people that you live with in your home, but if they're, you know, strangers you pass by, make sure you're able to very politely and you know as i as i walk walk uh, around most people understand you can be nice but still kind of keep distant from each other right so maintaining that if you need to wear a mask actually in some states they still require you to wear a mask anytime you go outside so keep that mask with you um, but how do you overcome those barriers one of the um, keys that I think helps a lot of people is that it really is just one step at a time. It's about putting your shoes on. Now, for those of you who don't wear shoes around the house, if you put your shoes on, it means you're going outside, right? So put those shoes on and open the door. Um, make it one step at a time. It's probably helpful if possible if you keep your shoes by the door, keep your, your coat, your outdoor clothes um, your jacket uh, by the door so that you're you're taking away any of those excuses or, well, I have to go all the way upstairs or, you know, it's just too hard or too many steps. Um, make it very simple for you, for yourself. Now, some of the barriers that I think people may face um, are maybe, you know, well, my, my work, if I'm working from home, a lot of people may be working from home. I just don't have time. Can you schedule a walk into your day? And by the way, you don't have to make it a two hour walk. It could be even 15, 20 minutes, even 10 minutes um, might be enough for your body to just decompress, for you to get some of those health benefits, for you to refresh your mind um, and, 
and then come back in with, with renewed energy. So it doesn't take a whole lot of time. Um, you can also, you know, if, if you have young children, can you take them with you? Um, make it an outing. Uh, now, making sure that you're able to control them and that they're not running up to every stranger and giving them hugs. Um, but, uh, you know, what about if you have elderly or individuals who maybe have movement um, disabilities? Can you, can, you don't have to go very far. It's really about getting out as much as you can, getting that fresh, that sunshine on your face and on your hands for a few minutes, getting some fresh air, taking some deep breaths. So it doesn't have to be a very long, laborious process. Um, so whatever you can do to make it easy for yourself. Very, very helpful. Thank you, Dr. Angie, um, for that, uh, that insight. And I do hope that wherever you are, you can get out, go on a nice walk, right, Dr. Leela? Get That's some right. sunshine. That's right. Uh, put that mask on, you guys, if you need to. If I don't have a mask, I can use a bandana, right, Dr. Leela? I can use, I don't, a lot of people don't have medical masks, but. There's a lot of do-it-yourself uh, ways to make little masks online, so go check them out. Check, check them out and just get out and get some fresh air and sunshine, and it'll be a great benefit to you. Guys, I can't believe the time has gone so fast. We're almost to the end of our program today. Um, it's been a blessing. Um, thank you for joining us. I just want to end our program today with a little thought from God's Word. And, you know, I was thinking about those verses that, uh, that we referred to in the middle of the program, and we'd just like to share them again with you. You know, a lot of people are, you know, it's a hard time that we're going through. Uh, people are scared. People are afraid. Uh, not only of the virus, but now a lot of people are wondering what they're going to do because they're out of work and they're not sure where the next paycheck is going to come from. But I want you guys to know this. God knows you. He loves you. He created you. In fact, he knew you before you were born. And I just want to remind you of this powerful promise from Psalm 139, starting in verse 13. The Bible says this, for you formed my inward parts you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. The days for me were fashioned before they were, uh, sorry, <laughs> and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there or none of them. So friend, I want to remind you today that God is your creator. He loves you. He formed you. He knew you even before you were born. You're engraved on the palms of his hands. Jesus died for you so that you could have eternal life. And so today, I want to invite you to just accept him into your heart and to, to make that decision to follow him and to put your trust in him. That's the last T of the want rest, Dr. Leela, that we'll get to in the future. But when we trust in God as our creator and our redeemer, it gives us the peace, the assurance to know that he is there with us and to help us get through hard times in life. So may you go today knowing that the Lord Jesus loves you very much. And I want to also share this final promise with you from 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. If you're worried, if you're anxious today, this verse is for you. Casting all your care upon him, that is Jesus, because he cares for you. He created you. He loves you. He died for you. And someday very soon, he's coming back to take us all home to the new heavens and the new earth where there will be no more suffering or sickness or pain, and we'll be with him forever. So we want that to be true for all of us. Our spiritual health is just as important as our physical health. And so may you make that decision today. Uh, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we close the program. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful, very practical program today. Help us to get out there and enjoy the sunshine, the fresh air, the things that you've given us that will help us to make, to help us to be healthy even in the midst of a global pandemic. But Father, thank you for these wonderful things, and we pray that you would be with each one who's listening today. Bless them, keep them healthy. Lord, we want to pray in a special way for our healthcare workers, the people who are on the front lines. Keep them safe, Lord, as they minister to others. Thank you for their sacrifices. 
and may you continue to bless them in a special way. Help us all to stay close to you and to remember to put our trust in you because you love us, you created us, and you're coming soon to take us home. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. Leela, uh, thank you so much for your wonderful insights as always. Dr. Angie, it's been great to have you on today. Um, we can't wait to have you on again, another future AWR360 Live. Dr. Leela, just real quick before we go, what's coming up next week? We are so excited. You are not going to want to miss Medical Symposium Part 3 next Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Again, awr.org forward slash health. Again, that's part of our four-part 12 hours of CME credit. You're not going to want to miss. And as a follow-up to that, our Medical Monday afternoon program will be, again, looking at a follow-up to specifically the benefits of nutrition and exercise-induced antioxidants and racial disparity in the relationship of COVID-19 deaths. This is going to be a very interesting wow. topic, so you're not going to want to miss that three-hour series. So again, next Sunday night, and then followed up for the practical application next Monday, Medical Monday. All right. That's awesome. Well, we can't wait to for that, and uh, we want to invite you to join us for both of those broadcasts. And until then, go check out our Facebook, like our Facebook, follow us there, YouTube. You can find all these broadcasts there. And thank you again to um, both of you today for a wonderful program. And to all of you for watching, we thank you. We wish you health and safety. And to all of our first responders and healthcare workers, again, we thank you for your sacrifice and what you're doing on the front lines of this global pandemic. Until next week, God bless you. And always remember, God loves you. So long, everyone.